Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Taylor Glenn, and I'm a writer and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. As well as author and comedian Katie Wilkins. Hello. This is where beer meets breaking and entering, Prosecco meets perjury, and vodka meets vandalism. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime... Just to let you know, my stock exchange information comes from that Eddie Murphy film where they swap places. <laughs> I think I've had more rosé than I realised. <laughs> God, I've lost my identity. <laughs> that's like the first practical joke that's got me for a long time, that's amazing. <laughs> I feel like I'm joining a cult. <laughs> Welcome to Drunk Women Solving Crime. We are entering our, what, third decade of UK lockdown, something like that. But guys, it's lifting. There is light at the end of the tunnel, and I couldn't be more excited to introduce our guest for this episode. She is a baker. She is a TV presenter. She's a 2018 Great British Bake Off semi-finalist. It's Bryony Williams. It is so cool to have you here. How are you? I'm great. I'm so fangirling to be here. (laughs) I love this podcast so much and I'm so excited. Oh, thank you. We're so thrilled to have you on, honestly. Let's not start by gushing, but you honestly are one of my favourite ever Bake Off contestants and I've seen every season. I love it so much. It is is at the core of my mental health strategy, that show. I think it is for a lot of people. Oh, it was great. 
And well, it's great thank to meet you. you. I appreciate that. Not at all. Now, in a very awkward segue, we always start with this question. <laughs> And Who doesn't abrupt, love an awkward segue? <laughs> abrupt change of tone. Um, we always ask the question, have you ever been the victim of a crime? Right. Yes, yes. Uh, yes, I have, actually. I was, um, I was 17 and I was um, doing my AS levels and I was stood on the bus stop opposite my school having a fag. <laughs> <laughs> terrible I was head girl as well isn't that terrible <gasps> um, nice. I know right mm. um, <laughs> and uh, having a fag and well this is my punishment for that and I had two bags with me I had my handbag and I had a bag of my AS revision notes and this guy came past on a bike lunged over grabbed my handbag oh. I of course protected the AS revision notes because I was like <laughs> I can't lose these <laughs> I had my, my, my mobile in my hand, some Nokia 5330 or something like that. Yeah. And, um, and he, yeah, he grabbed my handbag, jumped back on his bike and rode off. But this other guy had seen it from his car and tried to run him over. <laughs> oh, my wow. God. Wow. So this guy, like, swerved to try and knock him <gasps> off his bike. I just kind of stood there, like, phone in one hand, bag in the other, like, oh, what's going on? And, uh, yeah, he, he kind of knocked him a little bit, but he managed to get away. So off he went with my my little handbag. And this guy got out of the car and he was like, are you all right? And I was crying, you know, sobbing my eyes out. Don't know if you saw when I was in the tent, but I am a bit of a crier. Um, and <laughs> I was hoping maybe you'd cry tonight. I'm so like, I'm you never know. I've never seen how it goes. <laughs> Push me enough and I'll go. <laughs> and, and yeah, and I was crying and I was calling my mum on my phone and he was like, you should probably call the police. I was like, no, I need my mum. I need to talk to my mum. Oh, yeah. Uh, I get it. <laughs> So I called my mum, bless her, and she came down. And, and um, but I was just most happy that I'd saved the AS revision notes because there was, I was doing the a Latin AS. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. that's been, obviously been really. I useful. think that is Latin, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, can you imagine if he'd stolen that bag and kind of got <laughs> to the end of wherever he was going and gone, yes, what have I got? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Some Latin grammar. Awesome. <laughs> that was my crime. But I, yeah, I, I never thanked the man who tried to run him over for me. So this part of the story, <laughs> I mean, it's it's an amazing scene in my head anyway, because, you know, anyone that's on a moving vehicle, even if it's just a bike, the dexterity it takes to like reach over and steal mm, something. Right. And then your quick, quick reaction, like which of these things is replaceable? <laughs> I can get more money, but I cannot get more notes. <laughs> but this guy that tried to mow him down. I know. I thought, what, you know, who says chivalry's dead? You know, I mean, <laughs> right? he tried to run someone over for me, which I just thought was... <laughs> Very nice. I love um, the idea that you would have made the call to the cops with the driver there and like, I'd like to report a hit and run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to report a crime. It's not the one he's thinking. But yeah, the bag was never found with whatever rubbish it had in it. Like probably five pound note in a packet of Richmond menthols. And that's about it, really. <laughs> that's all he got. But like, mm. you know, there's people who've been through a lot worse. But yeah, it was just really just not very nice. Mm. I'll tell you what, I did not smoke on that bus stop again. Yeah. <laughs> that was the last time I did that. Oh, yeah, that would ruin that as your little My little stop spot. to go. Yeah, exactly. Mm-mm, no more. Oh. I think I went, yeah, I sacked off revising for the rest of the afternoon and went to the pub with my friend. Good job. Because I was just so traumatized. I, like, <laughs> I need to go to the pub. I couldn't possibly do any like, more Latin revision this afternoon. <laughs> did oh. you leave the Latin revision in the pub? Yeah. That would be the perfect <laughs> end to this That would be story. great, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, and then there's the alternate universe where like he did take the Latin and then you have the quick montage of him like bettering himself yeah. and just becoming a better man. And then you meet 20 years down the line and he just hands it back to you and says, thank you. Like, thank you. I, I got into medical school because of your Latin <laughs> <laughs> homework. I keep wanting to make like jokes like I, I would say thank you in Latin. I don't know any Latin. It's really annoying. <laughs> I did an AS. It. I did an A-level in Latin and I don't know any Latin either. Literally. <laughs> the only Latin I can remember is from year eight. Caecilius est in horto. Caecilius is in the garden. Why can't I remember anything from that point? <laughs> yeah. That's like, all I know. That must come in handy when you travel. All the time, yeah. When I want to converse with all those people in Latin. Where's Caecilius? He's in the Horto. I only uh, know, I think you, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's Vini Vini Vici, which is in wine there is truth, which is appropriate for ooh, this that's podcast. that's nice. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. I just nice. got one. Carpe Diem. Oh, it's a classic. It's a classic. And I learned that's it from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that from a fridge magnet. From a French magnet. Dead, oh, it yeah. wasn't Dead Poets Society. <laughs> that gets around that phrase. Wow. I mean, I know. I know they didn't coin it, but <laughs> that's just where I thought everybody learned it. I love that you did Simpsons instead. I'm just um, trying to... I can't stop thinking about the guy that just thought, I'm just going to knock this guy off yeah, his Vigilante guy. Yes. Vigilante yeah. guy, yeah. He was like... Because it, it was literally a split second. He must have decided, oh, well, I'll just try and run yeah, him over. Yeah, right? <laughs> his gut going, I know, I'm a hero. Yeah. Also, I kind of want to kill people, but I'm a hero. Yeah. <laughs> If I do in this context, I look all right. This so. is a legitimate outlet for my rage. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, it's like Dexter. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I, I live in fear of like finding out who I really am in situations <laughs> like that because I'm like, oh no, I definitely. I remember like what was it <laughs> before lockdown? Me and my friend Tasha, we were at Soho Theatre, and like we were just in one of the booths there. And suddenly, like this whole bomb warning thing went off because it was at a time when they were doing loads of work in Soho, oh. and they, they were finding loads of like World War Two bombs. Oh god! Um, and I sort of like got up to leave, and I was like, as I walked out, I I, I, I was walking quite far ahead of Tasha, and I just felt really bad. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I have to make sure in this situation that I make sure my friends are safe as well. But I think I just... Just pushing it down to make sure you get out first. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because that's the last thing you want, isn't it? To, like, die from a bomb from a war that ended 70 years ago. Like, that's just... What a way to go. (laughs) They're not even going to make it. The Germans did win! (laughs) (laughs) They took Hannah John! Bryony, one of the ways that we always round out this section is to ask, if you had the perpetrator... Here in front of you, you can have a chat with him. You can do anything you want, say anything you want. What what would you do? Run him down with my car. Yeah, yeah you would. <laughs> nice. I know you wouldn't, but I liked you saying it because you're briny for pickup. <laughs> and then they cut out the bit where she says that she wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I know I might. Depends what kind of mood I'm in, you know? Um, yeah, oh, I don't know. Um, maybe say, would you rather have had the Latin notes? Because um, I'm not sure how far my fiver and packet of 10 fags would have got you yeah maybe the latin like we said he could have become a doctor he could have become a lawyer i mean you know the possibilities are endless so does he regret going for that bag rather than the other one i find did you find it weird as well when people like steal things because if you're outside your school presumably in a school uniform like i don't know about you but when i was about 17 
Oh, well, were you in a school? No, before? I was. No, I was in my own clothes because I was in sick form. Right, because I just don't understand people that steal things from young people because oh, that's horrible. Like young people don't have any money. Like, but that's the thing. It's just on yeah. a sort of logical basis. It's kind of like if you're going to steal a purse, don't steal it with somebody that's going to have like a sort of like a bottle of impulse <laughs> and some chapstick and maybe a bit of pocket money. Yeah. I would love to know if he actually got hurt by the car kind of bumping yeah, him. Like, how bad was it? He might have had a little bruise or... Oh, yeah, I hope he did. Maybe he looked at that bruise and thought, probably should have done that. Yeah, that's his karma. Yeah, karma. Hey. <laughs> oh. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. <laughs> On that note... <laughs> Another awkward segue. (laughs) Awkward? You mean awesome. Okay, this is the section where we talk about true crime, but I am gonna, I'm gonna shake it up only a tiny bit today, guys, and I'll tell you why. It's because it's April Fool's Day. (gasps) Yes, it is. The holiest day. when it comes out, it will be three weeks or four weeks after April Fool's Day. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It's about our experience Right now. Okay. Do you know what? I, I had also this fear earlier out. on that you were having me on and that I wasn't actually going to be a guest Aww. on the podcast. And then I'd like <laughs> log on to the Zoom and I'd just be there for an hour waiting. And then I get a message being like, April Fools. No, we don't want to talk to you. Wow. <laughs> Could you imagine? Imagine I went, the Sorry, great I went a bit dark. Press. That would have been really mean, wouldn't it? I can't imagine that. I, I will put it out here now. Not a fan of April Fool's Day, but this mm-hmm. is my way of taking back the night. And doing what nerds do, we're going to deconstruct it. You know what happened on my April Fool's Day this morning? What? I was wiping my three year old's ass. Yeah. Um, and my six-year-old jumped out on us and shouted boo, and we both screamed, and then the three-year-old <laughs> cried. <laughs> I think if you're gonna shit yourself, the best way to do it is like when someone's already wiping your ass, though, right? Like oh, brilliant. <laughs> That's not April Fool's. <laughs> I know. And then because he was so upset, she was then upset anyway. And then we're like, I had to like, do the classic comfort her because her joke went too far. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh. Hey, listeners, remember this. April Fool's Day a month ago? Wasn't it fun? <laughs> oh, well, I found out that it's also called All Fool's Day. Cool. Had you ever heard that? All Fool's Day, which it really does make it sound like a religious holiday when you put it like, do you observe All Fool's Day? Um, So rather than do one crime, I've got a bunch of teeny little crimes that I would like you to put on your best prankster hats to try to think through the question. So we're still gonna we're still gonna be solving crime just with a little bit of a theme. Because guys, oh, pranks you. and crimes go together like mm-hmm. salt and caramel. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm also gonna make everything about food because Brian is here. So. <laughs> <laughs> I am totally okay with that. We're having a buffet today Woo! rather than Oh yeah, one. buffet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Tasty. always all about food with me anyway, but now I'm like justification for you. <laughs> My oh. first question, it's a two-parter guys it's just how do we feel about pranks and have you ever pranked anyone I mean I don't love them but I don't know I don't know if I've ever actually I don't think I've ever necessarily pranked anyone or had a massive prank done on me that I can remember unless I Mm -hmm. blocked it out of my memory the best prank I ever did was when I was about 10 or 11 and I was in music class and my friend that sat next to me Robert was messing around and the teacher made him stand up 
to tell him off and I moved his stool back <laughs> so that when he sat down, he fell on the floor. <laughs> Love it. That's classic. That is a that, classic. That was my best one ever. I did I did do something in primary school that reminds me. It's kind I suppose it's kind of a prank, kind of a joke, where my my friend who is still my best friend to this day, when we were about six, asked me how I lost my fingers. And I told her that it was because the teacher told me off and told me to sit on my hands. <laughs> and when I pulled my hand out, my fingers fell off. <laughs> And the next time the teacher was like, sit on your hands, Charlotte. She was like, no, I can't. (gasps) They'll fall off. I was like, wow. Oh, you legend. That's amazing. She still won't let me forget it. (laughs) Even to this day, like 30 years later, she's like, do you remember when you did that to me? I'm like, yes, I'm sorry. Oh, I love that you still know each other. Yeah, we're still besties. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just thought it was so funny. That's a good prank. (laughs) that's a great prank I'm trying to think of so I hate pranks I just hate them I just think they're like there's enough things to laugh at to have a nice comedy in the world where somebody isn't very much the butt of the joke Mm. I hate it it just makes someone look stupid Mm. and like oh I cannot stand them I always remember this woman that I used to work with called Sue one of the first things she said to me she was like she just came up to me like sidled up to me you know like women that can properly sidle (laughs) and she just went she just went as an introduction she just went I'm a bit of a wind-up. Oh. And then she proceeded to tell me how she'd, like, got this... Oh, she, oh she'd done all sorts of shit winding everyone up. I think maybe... I didn't think anyone really hated her, actually, because she very much wore it on their sleeve. Right. But she was just like, I'm going to pretend to pass out when he comes in. Wait. And then she just did it, and I was just like, <laughs> what am I going to do? Um, because I don't like pranks, and I, I can't... Go along oh, with it, and Sue. the bloke oh, came Sue. back into Sounds the room. Like she has more problems than just being. <laughs> yeah, when pranking becomes your personality, <laughs> it's time to step back. Yeah, and, she's so excited. And that to me, to me, like also dragging in a comp- unwilling accomplices that then have to make a decision on the spot about what they're going to do in their new job. Yeah, I'm going to pass that. Go. I, <laughs> literally, literally, it was it was oh. so funny. Bless and she just you. told me these things that she'd done and they were so awful like, <laughs> to the point where I was like, one where she just, she like somebody had visited her work and some woman like quite liked the guy and then she just started texting the woman as the guy pretending she was this guy that had visited work oh, and she was like, did it for about six months. <gasps> and I was like, fucking hell, Sue. Oh, right. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sounds a bit evil. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... It's, yeah, so, I don't know how old we, she was, but to, now I'm picturing prank her. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look her up. Let's see yeah. what she's doing. Let's I was picturing her. her as just a fucking nightmare in the old folks' home, like still <laughs> doing it, and everyone's like hiding everyone's teeth. She yeah. was probably in her sixties when I knew her, so fifties or sixties. Oh just pissing herself for the fun of it. Like, yeah, <laughs> got yeah. this. You got to like, clean this up now. Yeah. <laughs> Guess who's not incontinent? Yeah. <laughs> Jokes on you. I generally hate pranks as well. Like that's my first response. I hate April Fool's Day. But I think it's a really interesting topic. And it's actually like I hate pranks like Sue pranks, but there's such a range of what a prank means. And this is where I like to nerd out on this topic a little bit. But I mean, one of the main theories about like why do people prank? Because it's almost a universal thing. Like every culture pranks. People have been doing it for hundreds of years, you know, trying to fool somebody, pull a fast one. And the idea is that it sort of tempers 
um, success or status with a bit of humility. That's why I hate them because every time I've had it done, I'm like, I'm already humble. I have more <laughs> humility than I need. Like, don't make me piss my pants. Yeah. So I that I feel like more of a dickhead. It's like the purge for like <laughs> self-esteem. It's like, no, every day is a terrible day for me. <laughs> The purge for self-esteem is great. <laughs> oh, re like do honestly like try to file a motion. That's not what it's called, but you know what I mean. Like change.org to change April Fool's Day to the purge of self-esteem or something else. <laughs> I want that to be the thing. I would definitely back that. <laughs> I have pranked people though, and this Oh, oh, you don't like it, but you do it to other people. Wow, okay. Taylor. I don't I would never do this now, but in high school I did a couple things and this made me remember it. Again, everything's about food today. <laughs> we had this um couch in our high school lounge. It was like a piece of shit. It was fake leather, it had huge slashes in it, so the filling was just coming out. And the filling, the stuffing, looked exactly like angel food cake. I mean, like <laughs> It even had the brown crust and then that like white soft bit. So I pulled a chunk out and tried to make it look as like triangle as possible. And I put it on a plate and I wrote a sign that said free cake. Oh, <laughs> Taylor. Oh, wow. I know. And I put it on the front desk and just sat to the side like <laughs> to see if anyone, because honestly, I just didn't think anyone would engage with it. I thought immediately they'd be like, that's the filling from the couch. And a couple people did, but they'd laugh and move on. And one girl put a little piece of it in her mouth. And then I felt really bad. And then she died. And then she, and she's dead now. Yeah. Also, um, if anyone's going to trust a sign that says free cake, I mean... This is how nice my school was, though. Like people oh. would bake all the time and just put like, have a have an extra cupcake. So oh, it was a really wow. douchebag thing for me to do. do I you know am I... Sue. I'm Sue. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I thought you were going to say? I thought you were going to say that which uh, this is this is the prank. This version of that prank that I would be behind would be you sat on the couch. You pull out. <laughs> a bit of the sponge, but you've put a cake in there. So you pull it out and you start noshing um, on it. Yeah, go, this is delicious. And then that prank's okay because you're yes. the butt of it. Yes. Um, and, and a bit of a legend. It's like she eats sofas. It would get around school immediately. <laughs> yeah. And we, yeah, we just get to the core of what makes good comedy, which is, are you punching up? Or are you punching down? And as long as you're punching at yourself, it's okay. So now I would eat that. I would eat the real filling just to atone for my pranks. And right. Now, it will come as no shock that police and detectives really like to prank each other. And there are pranks that are just recorded in history that go back like hundreds of years. It's ridiculous. So our first prank crime takes us back to 1920 to a police department in San Francisco. They receive a frantic phone call on April 1st saying that there was a riot in progress at 1448 Bush Street and for God's sake, send the wagons immediately. So they dispatch all their wagons. My question to you is, thinking like a prankster, what do you think was at 1448 Bush Street? Some hedges? So it's, they've said it's a riot. Yeah, it was a riot call. What did you say, Katie? Hedges? Yeah, because it's oh, Bush, Bush Street. Street. <laughs> I went oh, literal. <laughs> I didn't get that at all. I was like, there could be hedges. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, good. Get it? <laughs> oh, what could there be? Bush Street. Well, now Bush I'm so filthy. Right. I was like, naked ladies. Well, yeah, I did go Am there. I, right? I was like, beavers? No. 
What are those wigs called for your foofies? Oh, Merkin. Merkins, yeah. Probably. I heard that somewhere. What? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you answered that really quickly, Hannah. <laughs> I almost said Mirin, which is a Japanese condiment. I really screwed yeah. that up. Don't get those mixed right, up. Hannah had you covered. She was like that. Merkin. <laughs> uh, oh gosh, I don't know. I'm going to go Merkin shop. <laughs> okay. I wish it was. And actually, in San Francisco, very good guess. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> it was another police station. <laughs> oh. That's a so good they point. did not know that this address was another police station. And I think this is quite funny. <laughs> so they funny. rock up with their sirens blazing. And they're like, hey. And then all the police from the other station just came out laughing because they had done it. Uh, oh, that's less funny. They did yeah. it. They did it. Yeah. Yeah, they did it. It's nice when you have time for fun on the job. Isn't when it? You're a police officer. <laughs> Never mind all that police work. Let's just waste. No. <laughs> now, this is a bit strange. The exact same day, same year, 1920, April 1st, someone called Amos McKean of Oakland, California, was on his way home from work when he discovered that someone had replaced his front motorcycle tire with something else. Question, what do you think that something else was? A pumpkin. Very good guess. Good imagery. I'm inspired by Cinderella there. I like that. Fruitcake. <laughs> it's the food theme. Yay, you're coming with me. <laughs> Case has some really mm. tough fruitcake in her time. <laughs> it's like, tasted like a tire. I will give you a hint. It's a wheel, but from something else. Oh, like a hamster cage. Hamster cage. <laughs> on a yeah, like think along what would look funny on a motorcycle on the front. A kid's bike? Close. Sorry, that's close. I said that into my mug. Close. Sorry, it's such a big one, the sports direct one. It gave you quite a good <laughs> sound like Darth Vader. Yeah. Yes, I had to stop doing meetings with this one, and I have another mug that's bigger than this that says big love, and it looks even bigger on screen. So I just look like I was lifting a bucket. To my face. Did and you do you like little tricks where you pretended like you were going in? <laughs> <laughs> if you meeting optically boring. Oh, I'm in. Um, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Sorry, I think I've had more rosé than I realised. Um, <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. An orange. I love these guesses. Sorry, these are hard questions I'm realising. I'm like, this will be such a bit of fun to guess the prank. They put a wheel from a baby carriage. Oh, oh, on yeah. the front of his motorcycle. But the kicker is Amos immediately suspects this is William from work. I know this is William from work because he must have been like a Sue, like sidled yeah, up. He was the jokester. Like, so what Sue. do you think he does in return? What would be your like to like revenge? Kills him. Oh. No. <laughs> it doesn't kill him. Too much. Sorry, I've listened. I've listened to too many podcasts. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at Pushed all. Pushed him off a bridge. No. Um, but also, it depends. Is this like the umpteenth? Is this the first prank or like the straw that breaks the camel's back? And it's like Ooh. that's it, Sue. Like, so I'm just that's using really... Sue, even though it's William from work. <laughs> that's a really good question. Was this kind of a pattern? It doesn't feel like the first prank someone's done. Someone yeah. doesn't just rock up with a fucking toolbox. That's and not your that... opening gambit, is it? <laughs> no. And also, like, I just want to, like, I don't know. Did he replace his baby, like, his pram with yeah, the, like, the wheels <laughs> from the motorcycle? Anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, his I love that. That's when, he, <laughs> yeah. 
that's what he should have done is put a full-size tire on his baby's pram if he had a baby. That would be amazing. That would have been amazing. Well, what he does in return is his friend William had a car, so he decided to remove the generator, which is now what an alternator would be. So, you know, the thing that's... I don't know what either of those things are. (laughs) Also, can I just say now, men, get therapy. Don't do this. Don't take alternators out of each other's cars. Just talk to someone about your problems. Yes. Well, what (laughs) happens is, and this is almost at the heart of like why pranking is bad, is he's caught in the act and tries to explain it away. And they're like, no, buddy, you're taking this generator to this guy's car. And it turns out it wasn't even his colleague who had done the prank. They never found out who did it. He doesn't do any jail time for it, but he has to like go in front of the judge and explain <laughs> what had happened. And he's like, I swear my prank days are gone. <laughs> That's mad. Are there loads of crimes committed on April 1st? Because everyone's like, then, oh, just say it. It's like, it's a fun prank. Because like, no, my mate works at this bank. That's yeah, why I'm stealing yeah, all this yeah. money. Tell Dave's like, going to find this hilarious. You're going to be so yeah. embarrassed when he hears you've arrested me. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many crimes committed either accidentally or it's used as an alibi. Yeah, so that's why it was like, well, I'm not going to just try to do... There wasn't any one where it's like, there's loads of detail on this one and so we can unravel it. It's just like, holy shit, like these first three are literally all April 1st, 1920. They're all (laughs) on the same day. I don't know why 1920 was such a like, let's prank. (laughs) Let's swing and prank. People were so So. excited to get over the Spanish flu. This is what's going to (laughs) happen next year for us. Oh my God. It's going to be a a, a prank spike. Post-pandemic pranking. Keep hold of your prams, people. (laughs) Yeah. Don't leave anything outside. No. So same day, a crime is going down in Brooklyn at the home of one Mr. Matthew Cohen, who, after hearing a sound from his closet, goes to investigate. What do you think is inside the closet? Uh, is it Sue? It's, it's, it's Sue. <laughs> it's Sue from work. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm going to play dead. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I like that guess. Yeah, that's and it's feasible in the U.S. because they really are fucking everywhere. (laughs) Bears are everywhere. They are. I was watching a video on the internet the other day where a bear bear was in someone's hot tub. Oh, yikes! Literally, like. In a his gay hot man tub. Or, oh. No, no, sorry, no, an actual <laughs> bear. Like a grizzly bear. Wow. <laughs> a big hairy man. Um, filled with water. Filled like, with water on. They'd obviously on. gone inside, come back out, and there was a bear. Was chilling. the bear enjoying it? He was having a great time. He was there oh, for quite a while. I'm glad the bear the was happy. They were like, what do we do? There's a bear in a hot tub. So sweet. I think maybe my, that's why I went bear in the closet. Maybe that's too much. Um, my brother and sister-in-law had a bear. It was a mama bear and she had little cubs and they were adorable. But like though they were everywhere and like you don't want to fuck with a mama bear. No. So I was really scared, but I was also a smoker at the time. So I would like go out <laughs> and it almost became a joke. It's like, ha ha ha. And then one time, oh my gosh, I remember like the drag of the cigarette and I just heard crunch. <laughs> and this thing, this it was the mother was enormous and I cannot express how close she was to me all of a sudden like it's like she came out of nowhere in the woods like they lived in the woods it was the middle of nowhere and I was just like (laughs) and my brother telling the story is the best because all he saw was in the kitchen me come in still holding the cigarette and he's like 
why are you? But he could see how scared I was like, why do you have this cigarette in the house? And apparently, I don't even remember. Apparently I just went, bear. So I am cool in a crisis. Oh, I love it. Was the cigarette worth it? That's the big question. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I finished it in the kitchen. Yeah, well, I think he let girl. me. Oh, yeah, my gosh. You needed it then. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. So any other ideas? What's in this closet? Or a chicken. A bear or a chicken. A bear or a chicken. I like the animals, Ruth. What do you reckon, Hannah? Yeah, I was going to say, I like that instinct that, that it's an animal. Part of me thought it could be like, is it, for example, his wife, who's a bit of a wind up, and does he end up having a heart attack because she's scared him by jumping out of the closet? At oh, that's a good, that's guess. A good one. Could yeah. be something quite dark like and that. And is his wife called Sue? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm assuming. What <laughs> it if makes that's sense. Sue's origin story? Like, that's this dark superhero tale of Sue, that that's actually how it all got started. Now she's just reenacting her trauma. Like, she's in a loop and she can't get out of it. <sighs> anyway. Katie, what's in the closet? <laughs> um, so the, so it's making a noise. He comes home, it's making this banging inside it. Yeah. It's a ghost skeleton. A ghost skeleton? <laughs> yeah. Or it could be R. Kelly. Has anyone ever heard, yeah. heard R. Kelly's <laughs> in the closet? Uh, yeah. That would be Richard? terrifying for several reasons. <laughs> for several reasons. It was actually a man called oh. William Needham, who was holding some of Mr. and Mrs. Cohen's belongings. Specifically, he had two diamond rings in one hand. The last and 12 one was a William, a different guy, though. Different guy. There's so many pranky Williams in yeah. 1920. Um, but 1920, these cases, there's only four male names, I swear. Like, it's always Michael, <laughs> William, and John. the other two. John, Paul. Wait, are those the Beatles? <laughs> no. So, um... And he has $1,200 worth of Liberty Bonds in the other hand. So my question is, what does he say to Mr. Cohen when he opens the door? April Fool's. He does say April Fool's. <laughs> really? He not only says April Fool's, but, and it's weird because we keep talking about smoking, which is making me want to start it again. He goes, April Fool's, would you like a cigarette? <laughs> Um, it doesn't work. He's arrested and does time for the crime. But nice try. Sometimes April Fool's does work as an alibi, though. So let us travel back another five years to April 1st, 1915. We're still in New York and someone called Tony Maloney is arrested after being <laughs> that a real name. <laughs> Tony Maloney. That's awesome. Being found boldly parading around the city. Question, what is the reason for the arrest? So he's boldly parading, parading. parading. around naked. the city. What would the crime be? Tony Maloney has got some cojones. Yeah. <laughs> if he's naked. Yeah, he's naked. So naked, super good guess. Um, parading. Yeah. Parading around New York City. So it's like the first New York Pride and it didn't go down well. Yeah, just That's one That's a good guy. guess too. Yeah. Like... The first and one. I wouldn't say you're a million miles off, actually. Oh, so is it like a kind of political thing, perhaps? Was he, he, was he protesting, like, was he maybe? protesting the First World War? Well, what's interesting is we don't know the backstory enough of it, and so I think there's room for speculation on it. What it is, is Tony Maloney, good catch on this, Bryony, not a real name. <laughs> 
It was actually a woman called Babe Webster who was charged with what was a crime then, which was masquerading in male attire. Oh. Oh. Now, she told the judge that it was just an April Fool's Day joke. Um, And actually, the judge does let her go, but on one condition. What do you think that condition was? She has to have dinner with him. Oh, so plausible. Yeah. Gross and plausible. But dressed as Tony. Oh, hey, that's a twist. twist. Yeah. Which I don't know why I think that's not as bad. (laughs) (laughs) That she has to give him the clothes she was wearing. (laughs) No, fair question. She was very well dressed, so the judge thought, yes, I want that bow tie. What size? are rather nice. What size is that blazer? (laughs) Drunk women solving crime. Do you remember what it's like being in your 20s? I sometimes look back at that period of my life and laugh just as much as I cringe. If you do the same, then you've got to watch Queenie, the new original series on Hulu. Who is Queenie? Queenie is a 20-something year old living in London. She's facing all the firsts. First major heartbreak, first shitty apartment and soul-sucking job, first therapy session to work through those mommy issues. Can she turn her quarter-life crisis into a revolution? Maybe. Will she make some questionable decisions along the way? Definitely. All episodes of Queenie premiere June 7th, streaming on Hulu. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I guess maybe it's just that she never dresses as a man again. That, Is that what that would make more sense, but it's almost it's almost as creepy, I think, as asking her to dinner. He says, okay, you can do it, but you have to come back tomorrow dressed in feminine clothes. Oh. So she was made to dress as a woman and go back to court just to oh. show well, that she had some clothes, I guess. He wanted to see what her body looked like. When I it was guess. Judges have such a sense of humor themselves, don't they? Just oh, a bit yeah. of fun. Real now, gallows humor. Literally. <laughs> this one, a bit of evidence to deconstruct. So on this, again, exact same day. I don't know oh. why these are like all on the same day. <laughs> you know, my research is pretty tight. It was <laughs> April 1st, 1915, and a fatal shooting occurs in Evansville, Indiana. A Mr. James Pooley, who was a bartender, pulls out a gun from behind the bar and he shoots someone called Frank Stein, who was a saloon porter. He claims his defense was he was just playing an April Fool's Day prank and he thought that the gun was unloaded. So my question is, was he lying and how do we know? I'm going to say, yes, he was lying. Okay. And maybe somebody saw him load it. Okay, a witness. A witness. To him loading. Very good guess. Um, Detective Briny. I've been wanting to sing that. I thought I'd wait for the right quiet moment. Detective Briny. But no, that's I think they're good instincts. Also, like, is there something if 
you know, had he threatened this guy before, said like the mm. night before, I'm going to kill you or something. And then... Oh, that's good too. Mm. Yeah. Very good thinking. I don't know how it could go the other way though. Like, how can you, how can you prove that you thought it maybe, wasn't loaded? Um, yeah. Maybe the gun got swapped and you really thought it was the empty one and there's some kind of proof that it was not the toy gun you thought it was. Katie, ding, 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 ding. You solved it. Oh, yeah. wow. It was literally that. So there was no history. They were good friends. They'd worked <gasps> together a long time. There was no history of animosity oh, at all in just a really shitty moment of this will be funny. The bar had just forever kept this unloaded old gun behind there for a bit of fun. I don't know. Um, I mean, even Whoa. the sort of outcome is a bit like, but, mm. but the owner of the bar testified that he had decided to swap the guns and put a loaded one behind the bar, but hadn't told them about this. Uh, oh so yeah, gosh. he just reached for it in a prank. I know it's, it's crazy. Wow. Mr. Pooley is found innocent based on that testimony. I wow. still think something was up though. Why wouldn't he tell them that he'd swapped the guns? Maybe he wanted that guy. And then why would he know that guy was going to be a buffoon with a gun? Yeah, no. But there's something very fishy about it. Mm. Oh, it's interesting. Because we were like, what was it? The last, last episode, we referred back to Shaun of the Dead and the Winchester, the Winchester. gun that was above. Yeah. He's connected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because with that, like, there is the gun. Because I was going to be like, oh, that's very American to have like a gun above a bar kind of thing. Mm. But actually, obviously, in Shaun of the Dead, which is a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> <it> was, <laughs> but they had like the bullets for it, for example. Like the cases were in the pub, right? Mm. And I kind of think that that's, that's quite an odd thing of having... And I know it, obviously it's just a film. But do you think he did it? The guy did it because he was like, oh, we can use it for protection, but I'm only using it protect, to protect myself. Like, why did he think I'm going to put it? He wanted guns? to prove Maybe. Chekhov's gun is a good theory. <laughs> That's become such a running theme in our episodes. I love it. And I think I learned about Chekhov from The Simpsons. So we've come <laughs> full circle. Um, right. So our last two crime pranks, pr- pr- primes, cr- cranks in <laughs> Chicago, 1931, a newspaper ran a fake article for April Fool's Day, declaring that someone was running for mayor as a dry candidate. Who do you think that might have been? Prohibition didn't end until 1933. So I believe you. Wouldn't everyone have been a dry candidate in 1931? Not everybody believed in it. So if it's funny, it has to be somebody who's like a notorious drunk. Yeah. Or who's very involved in the other side, who would be a very unlikely candidate for mayor at that time. In oh, Chicago. Al Capone? Al Capone! Hey! I, oh, we'll... I had nothing then, guys. So you said <laughs> I had absolutely nothing to contribute to that. <laughs> we contribute just by breathing. <laughs> this is female workplace. <laughs> that would be like quite a good Alco Pop and Al Capone. Like, I, don't know, I don't know what it is. It's, but yeah. Oh, God, I love that. I love the kind of like, because if he's Al Capone, like Al Caponing around the place and, and newspapers like, I know it'll be funny. I know. It's weird. 
Yeah. Like They're what the cheek taking their life in their hands, surely. Yeah. Or um, they were in with him. Like I can totally picture a journalist being like a friend of Capone. He's like, right. I'm gonna do something hilarious. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Because I know I, I thought of that too. I was like, you'd get killed, right? Sorry, well, it Hannah. feels a bit like if you're supposed to be, yeah, making it look like, are you taking the piss out of Al Capone? Because probably don't do that on the front page of the newspaper. <laughs> but I always remember on the Isle of Wight, it was uh, the county press, I think it comes out on a, on a Thursday, and it was one Thursday that was April Fool's, and they ran with our April Fool's like front page. And like, the thing about the Isle of Wight, I love it, not necessarily everyone has a sense of humour there. And like, <laughs> okay. and what it was is that we've got one stretch of dual carriageway on the Isle of Wight. And the reason it's there apparently is so you can take your driving test on the Isle of Wight because you have to go on a dual carriageway. It's half a mile long. And they ran this thing about the fact that they were going to put a service station on it. (laughs) And like on this half mile of dual carriageway. And people (laughs) went fucking mental. It was hilarious. It was so funny. They didn't want a service station. Like the angry well, people. Well, yeah, it was just because obviously it's so stupid that it's like literally half a mile. Oh, people um, took it so much to heart. They but took it just, so seriously. Like, I get like, oh, how ridiculous. But also you could be like, I can get Ginsters for tw- and 24 hours a day. Like the, the upsides outweigh the lunacy. <laughs> that's such oh, a that's dry April Fool's. People want services on a dual carriageway. Gotcha. Sounds like something Sue would come up with. Yes, Sue totally worked for that newspaper now. I think the editor was called. (laughs) (laughs) I've got an excerpt of the article and I have to read it because the the last the last line is like, whoa, we went there. Um, adopting the slogan, dry up Chicago, Al Cornpone Capone. Is that his middle name? Cornpone <laughs> I Capone? I no, but I'm not an authority. Where Al, does this April Fool end? Al Cornpone, Capone. I can't even say it. Cornpone. Prominent proprietor of a leading ice cream emporium here, entered the Windy City's fight for mayor here today with rare good spirits. Given to ironic speech, the new candidate is said to be planning to take his opponents for a ride when the campaign opens. You have to only con- you only have to consider my record, he told his followers in a stadium rally, to judge my fitness for the chair. Uh, the mayor's chair. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. It's so ludicrous. But then actually, it's not that ludicrous because everybody was corrupt. The mayor was probably corrupt anyway. So it's actually like, we're not surprised by anything Boris Johnson does anymore. Like... <laughs> Nonsense. Yeah, it's like that practical joke about Lawrence Fox running for like mayor of London. Like that's hilarious, right? That's, <laughs> it's that not even a practical a joke. joke. <laughs> it's, no, it's it's happening, people. <laughs> no, I can't keep track. So I wanted to end on a good prank. Like, what's the prank that makes me go, okay? Some pranks are worth doing if you put enough thought in. So we're going to end with one that you might know, actually. It's Abby Hoffman. Do we all know Abby Hoffman? He's one of the Chicago Seven from the movie. (laughs) So he was a a huge political activist, but he was known for his pranks as well. And in fact, he kind of coined a categorization of pranks and how they fell. And he said there are three different types of pranks. And the first is like the most puerile. It's the Sue prank. And then there's something in the middle. And then there's like the worthy prank. It's like, do you actually have something to say? Again, it's like punching up. This should be about the government. It should be about what's wrong with everything. So Mm. one of his most notorious pranks 
took place at the New York Stock Exchange in 1967. Does anyone know this prank? I... Oh, cool. Was it in the movie? The I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. It might be. Ah, but I've my question is, what kind of prank could you pull in the New York Stock Exchange? And I'll give you a hint. Bear in mind, it's 1967, so it's not high tech. It's not like he got into the mainframe and like messed with the numbers. <laughs> but like, it's very on the ground. They got in the building. Well, what do you think they did? You're not allowed to do insider trading, and or like, is it anything to do with that? That's a very good guess. Did they did make draw it like... look like somebody was doing some kind of insider trading, and then they were... like setting setting people up there? Yeah, because they're like, mm. might as well be with how corrupt everything is. Yeah, I mean, That's I'm not a... going to lie, my stock exchange yes. knowledge is very limited. So what I'm about <laughs> to say could make absolutely no sense whatsoever. Did you like set up some sort of like fake company or sell Ooh, some fake shares that's or good. no that's some, a really good guess that's really good. also just to let you know my stock exchange information comes from that eddie murphy film where they swap places <laughs> trading places yeah. yeah well why would you know anything about it otherwise that's exactly where we all learn about All it. I know is that I remember we did, sometimes we dress up for our quiz that we do uh, every week since lockdown because we're still doing a quiz, <laughs> me and my friends. And sometimes there'll be a theme and one that was um, the stock exchange and literally everyone just wore braces. That's all anyone <laughs> knew about the stock exchange was braces. Um, oh, that's awesome. But I think like, it's Abby Hoffman, is it? Yeah. Is that what he's called? I feel like... Have you seen it? I think it was Sasha Baron Cohen played him in the movie. I think if it's that character, I think it is. And you've seen He's, the movie, Hannah. Yeah, but this, I don't think this was in it, but him being a bit of a practical joker yeah. and stuff like that. And he's quite noisy with his practical jokes. Like mm. he will do things, physical things. So I don't think it's anything in terms of him like being insidious and sort of planning. And it mm. feels like he would go in and he would shout something or he'd draw dicks on the, um, on the pages or he'd shout, sell, sell, sell. Or, you know, he'd disrupt right. it in that kind of a way, maybe. Yeah, it's an it's absolute disruption is the perfect way to describe yeah. it. Um Set off a lot of pigeons in there or something. <laughs> <laughs> a bear. A bear, yeah. Bear's back. He's had his pigeons? hot tub. Now he's ready to call yeah, He's gonna shake. He's seen, he's seen Taylor having a bag and now he's ready to <laughs> call some mix some shit up in the stock exchange shares shares (laughs) (laughs) so i mean and the whole backstory is really interesting too because his sidekick who is one of the chicago seven as well came along with him and a couple more friends and they had to do it at lunchtime because his friend was on trial for another crime so they had to go on the lunch break from the court brilliant He's like, I've got an hour. We can let's go. Let's be activists. Let's do what we do. Oh my god! Also, like, I like the fact like activists that can also do things in their lunch hour because I would love to be an activist, but I'd definitely be like, guys, we are having lunch. We are taking lunch. Yeah, because that's what you call efficient activism. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I don't want to get hyperglycemic last yeah. time. If we have to queue for twenty minutes of prep, we haven't got time for this prank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go to Greg's. It's going to be quicker. Get your sausage roll into the stock exchange. Yeah, eat it while we're walking. Yeah. (laughs) So they did let tourists in because there's a visitor's uh, sort of like viewing gallery that you can look down on the floor. And at that time, there was not much security, but they did have to get past this guy at the door and they were dressed the part. They probably had, you know, braces on and... (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> they'd finished their pasties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, that is suspenders for any North American listeners. When we say braces, oh, we don't mean on your teeth. <laughs> yes, and, but also for the British listeners, we also don't mean like sexy suspenders yeah. because that's what we will. <laughs> oh, yeah, these guys mean, in the stock exchange. Um, you, you only ever see them from like the tie end. We mean the keepy uppy things for trousers. Yeah, not the keepy uppy things for sexy things. I can't think of what. In America, we would call the sexy keepy-uppy things. Pantyhose, is it? Is no, that, that that's, that's tights. tights. That's, that's tights. God, I've lost my identity. <laughs> She's drinking out of a Sports Direct mug and she doesn't know what the sexy keepy It has nothing to do with the fact that I no longer wear them for my husband. It's just a cultural thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a cultural thing. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so they almost don't let him in because um, he, Abby looks like a hippie, like there's no way around it. Like he had big bushy hair. Yeah. And so they're like, what are you guys doing here? You can't come in. And he quick as a flash just goes, you're not letting me in because I'm Jewish. And they're like, come right in, sir. Wow. <laughs> so they let them in. And I think there were like four or five of them and they go up in the booth. And what they've got are hundreds of dollar bills. And they just chuck them down on the floor. And they had alerted the press to this. So they were press that were sort of dotted around and nobody knew. So it it got a ton of coverage. Make it rain. What do you think these brokers and traders do? They're in the middle of their job. How do you think they respond? I mean, they've got to grab them, right? Or are they just very sensible and ignore them? Are they real dollar bills? Yeah. Oh. I yeah. feel like I'm the fucking crystal maze. Yeah. <laughs> they went crystal maze. There are story, there are accounts of this that say that some of the bills were fake, but when they're interviewed, they insist they're like, no, we had the money. Cause the whole point was, this is the center of capitalism and greed. Are they going to care that there's just dollar bills falling? Well, they stop what they're doing to grab at it. And they did like, it was just a shit show of these guys in suits like move it's mine it's mine so yeah and this was right at the start of the vietnam war and so it was it became a huge statement for you know capitalism greed and an illegal war so that would never happen in this country because like our lowest like folding money is like a fiver and it's like (laughs) nobody no Nobody can afford to do that. Because like when you said hundred dollar bills I was like was it hundred dollar bills and I thought wow and I right. thought, of course they'll go for that. Yeah. And then when you said it was dollar bills, I was like, yeah, of course they'll go for that. Yeah. It's fucking dollars, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, this Brilliant. kind of showered them in pound coins, which I think will have less <laughs> of a positive effect. I was going to yeah. say, then you'd be done for murder. Like, those would kill you from that. It's like hailing. Here's to the good pranks. Yeah. yeah. Not the bad ones. Drunk women solving crime. I just want to do our Patreon shout out for the week. So we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. And you can check us out if you can support us. That's great. And we try to give you some fun stuff in return. I've been doing the names every week with a different theme. So I've done like different voices and songs and stuff. And I don't want to be a killjoy, but I just... I am so tired and I have so much shit going on in my life that I just, I'm just going to read them like straight and I hope that's okay. <laughs> April oh my Fool's! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I literally wrote a haiku 
for <gasps> every person on here. <laughs> a haiku. I did. Wow. Really I cut it off at six people and then we'll do the rest with a different theme because I'm like, wow, writing haikus, it takes takes a little moment. Mate, you totally got me. I've got to say, that's like the first practical joke that's got me for a long time. That's amazing. <laughs> Were you like, Jesus Christ, Taylor? Yeah, I was just like, rain it in, Taylor. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was there. I was feeling empathetic. I was feeling worried oh. for you. Oh, I wasn't. I was just like, we're going to lose fucking listeners and patrons. <laughs> 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 of course it's almost like how can i top this this is not topping anything but i'm just like i want to find every obscure way to shout out our fantastic fans I love so that you've done a haiku everything you do is amazing by the way <laughs> um, well awesome. i haven't i haven't written a haiku since school because why why would you do it for fun um could did you, you remind me what this? a haiku is well i was there's gonna say so there's Wayne's different well. There, yeah, there's different versions of it, and I've done the the way I learned was Sorry, it's I know five about haikus in Wayne's World. I just realized. <laughs> so we got the Simpsons in Wayne's World. <laughs> it's, it's a three line poem. Shaun of the Dead. There's like, a number yeah. of words in each line. Ah, uh, okay. So uh, it's okay, like, thank what you. are the numbers again? Is it like seven? So it's five, 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 seven, five. five there seven. are different versions, but I did the five, seven, five. So five okay. syllables, seven syllables, five. Oh my gosh, and you're not allowed to rhyme. Which well, is I've painful rhymed. for me because I like to rhyme. So here oh. we go. <clears throat> I'm glad you told me that because I'd be like, well, that was a shit poem. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to say haiku in between each one just to punctuate and just for a bit of, you know, resonance. Give it gravitas. Haiku. <laughs> Mysterious world. Few can solve its twisted turns. Stephanie Earle knows haiku. <laughs> Rays of sunshine glow. Some people make you happy. Katie Scott is one. Haiku. <laughs> I feel like we should be singing it with you like the Lord's Prayer. Or something, you know? like, yeah. yeah, next one. Feel free. Yeah, yeah. Dudes who support us are the right kind of men folk. Thank you, Tom Phillips. Haiku. Haiku <laughs> to you. I feel like I'm joining a cult, yeah. <laughs> and also with you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it, Katie, that's it, yeah. Crisp autumn leaves dance. A nod to Amy Russell? No, that is a different word. Haiku. <laughs> haiku. And also haiku with you. That's a really good one as well, the Russell. <laughs> I got better as I went, I gotta say. Maybe I'll do them next time too. Out of the darkness, Simon Coates brings us some light. No, it's not Jesus. Haiku. <laughs> and my final one. I am wow. proud of myself. Not to make it about me. I can say Ashlyn. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, patrons. Oh, Taylor, that was brilliant. What beautiful. Yeah. I feel moved. Yeah, Haiku. me too. You made art. Haiku. Well, finally, it is time for our listener crime. And guess what? It involves food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> this comes from rosie who recently sent this in and i was like oh rosie this is perfect because we've got somebody from bake-off coming so we'll talk about food so i became the victim of a crime involving food which to me is the worst kind of crime agreed i'm a university student who moved into halls in september I was away one weekend visiting my boyfriend and I came home to find that all the food I'd left in the fridge had been frozen and then put back on my shelf of the fridge. This includes carrots, hummus, chocolate, 
all the essentials. <laughs> At first, I thought that it was just stuff uh, with, sorry, just the fridge being faulty because, you know, university halls are always a bit dodgy. But I checked everyone else's stuff on the other shelves and nothing else was frozen. Everyone has denied it but I'm sure someone must have done it. I'm 24, which is six years older than everyone else in my flat. And I live with five other people, one girl and four boys. Those are our suspects. And she notes, I'm the only one in my flat at the moment due to COVID restrictions and nothing has frozen since I've been back yeah. on my own. Please help me solve this crime. Okay. I Weird. Don't, I don't want to stereotype, but I'm gonna. It was definitely one of the boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They have less respect in general for other property. When I was at university, they were always the ones that took my butter out of the fridge and just mm. left it outside the fridge so that they could fit their stuff in the fridge that they bought. There wasn't okay. enough space in the fridge. And it was specifically these two football lads that always did it. And that's why I started writing Elvis on my butter because they didn't take my butter out because they only took it out if it had my real name on it because they were like, yeah, that bitch doesn't need butter in the fridge. What's she going to do? She's too repressed to do anything. Right. Um, but to be fair, though, for two football lads, you should have maybe put Ronaldo on it or something. Like <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. I mean, honestly. <laughs> I don't know why we all didn't just... Well, I do know why we all didn't just share butter. They, were, they weren't the sharing types of people. But, so this... Yeah. Sorry, Katie. No, that is in the end of my... Do you know what? Butter... Monologue. Butter is a much more personal thing to share than people talk about. Like they, they talk about it like it should be the shared thing. People don't respect butter. Look, because I'm married to, I love him. He's wonderful. He is a beast. He, he will put he the put butter. crumbs in your butter? Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to the crumbs, but there's so many other problems. What else does he put in your butter? He put- <laughs> <laughs> it depends if I'm wearing sexy, holdy, uppy things. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps the foil wrapper on and puts it in the dish like he won't take it out to put it in the dish which is a huge pet peeve so we end up with just like folded foil and then the foil will rip and you'll get foil in the butter there's crumbs in the butter there's no rhyme or reason like it's just like gouges and i'm like <laughs> butter is a holy place for me like butter is life it is the best thing ever invented and i want a beautiful respected block of butter i'm still talking about this you know what you need separate butters even though you're we need separate butter we have separate duvets because we learned that from scandinavia why don't we have separate butter thank you separate butter it's okay if it's going to keep your relationship healthy it's okay to have separate butters do you know what i do i just i'm just sort of like engaged to a guy a lot older well quite a lot older than me so we have separate butters because he has to have low cholesterol. <laughs> and, like, and I'm just like a lot younger, so I can just have some fucking great butter. Screw you. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the biggest, that's the biggest difference that like in terms of us being sort of like from slightly different generations <laughs> is like we've just got slightly different butters. Otherwise, it's all all normal. I love that's that. amazing. <laughs> so Katie, you think it was one of the boys because um from your experience, you've profiled them. They're less respectful. But how do you explain why is it frozen? Look, I can't explain everything. What am I, the <laughs> psychic that gets brought into the police TV show that can just Good go, I've point. this feeling. I think there was a man in a hat. Um, Good point. You found us the suspect. We can figure I've the rest got, out. I've gently profiled them. So the rest <laughs> is up to the real cops. No, but genuinely, we need to bring up boys to, 
to they're allowed to have their feelings but also they need to respect property <laughs> but anyway i don't the free- Taylor, do another haiku quick <laughs> <laughs> the freezer thing is weird because it was like they didn't want to just leave it on the side for it to go off and they'd be accused of letting hummus go bad and possibly have to foot for more the bill for more hummus. Uh-huh. So it feels like they were like, oh shit, there isn't that much in the freezer. Let's do that and then put it back. It feels like a stopgap, thoughtless, quick fix situation. So I feel like that is probably what happened. So I went to a yeah. darker place and my experience of men being shits when I was <laughs> at university of like them accusing her of being frigid or something. Oh, which is really unnecessarily dark like maybe one of them hit on her and she said no and they went oh well i'm gonna be frigid it's you know, I'm, gonna I'm gonna turn your hummus into a I'm metaphor gonna put your carrots into a freezer because you're then I'm gonna put them back because you're an ice queen that's where my brain went no i love that your brain went there like honestly i feel like that makes a good detective it's like <laughs> let me draw from my own dark past so if you want to be a good detective drink a bottle of aldi rose for second <laughs> <laughs> and that's that where is, your brain will take you that is how to join Ooh. our force that's Absolutely. it that's it cheers to that <laughs> cheers. I don't think we should rule out that there was like malevolence here. She was visiting a boyfriend, so there could have been jealousy. jealousy. Mm. I'm gonna freeze your carrots. But it's like boiling a bunny, but because you froze my carrots. I always find like. I, I, as I as I get older, I like to think that maybe I sort of, you know, I learn things about life. I learn things about philosophy. But actually, what I learn is more things that you can freeze. Like, <laughs> as I just, like, there's so much stuff I like, didn't realise. Like, apparently you can freeze butter and you just get another yes. butter yeah. out of the freezer. And like, milk. You can freeze milk. We started doing that at the first lockdown. What? That was our biggest. Yeah, you can freeze milk and it's absolutely fine. Can you freeze toilet paper? <laughs> if you're having sort of like some spicy food the night before, possibly. Yeah, nice and Oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> Sorry, I had yeah. lockdown. <laughs> Keeping things, toilet yeah. paper. Um, <laughs> yeah, frozen butter works great in a rough puff pastry, guys. Just saying. <gasps> Woohoo! Yeah, it does. Yes, this is where we get the tips. Do you know what? My five year old won't believe me that there's a word batter. She thinks I'm mispronouncing butter. So I have <laughs> full on arguments with this tiny human. Saying it's batter. This cake mixture, it's called batter. No, mummy, don't be stupid. It's butter. And I'm wow. like, she full on will not believe me that that's a word. Oh, that's oh, so funny. She's correcting you in anger. Mummy, it's I not a that. word. Yeah. Like, I mean, has she seen you literally on like on the cooking program yet? Like, did, 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 did she get like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, do you know who I am? Yeah, you're my mother. <laughs> She's fine. She doesn't give a shit. She's like, no, mummy, yeah. I'm right. You're wrong. Has she, has she watched it? Yeah. Yeah, she watched it, but oh. she was like two and a half when it was airing, oh, so she was okay. only ickle. She doesn't care. She is not oh, interested well. at all. You need to put it on again now that she's five. Oh, I love that that's why it's like repeated on like, you know, it's repeated on like, I can't remember which them. channel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like yeah. the baker's kids to go like, oh yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> See, batter is a word. Um, yeah. <laughs> Stop and it. she'll have no memory. She'll be like, "What? what <laughs> What's about? wrong with you?" Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Like I again, like Taylor. I'm an absolute Bake Off like nut. Absolutely love it. But I love like, and actually, I almost can't handle Junior Bake Off. <gasps> Don't. It's I love just it so much. So real. I love it 
So oh, I always remember there was this one kid and he, he did something wrong and he just went, oh, schoolboy error. And I was like, to you, that's an error. That's just an error. <laughs> you are a schoolboy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're so sweet. They're amazing. Oh, they're so good. They're, they're like, so good. Way I know. better than we were. I was like, they could like compete on the actual Bake Off. Like, uh-huh. not, funny, they put me to shame. They're incredible no, I know. bakers. Incredible it's bakers. It's crazy. Right, you didn't have to agree love- with me on that one, Taylor. That's- <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. They're so much better than you. So like, much better oh, than you. Incredibly. No, they are talented. incredible. They put me to shame, seriously. Um, I actually, I don't always have this to hand, but this is to hand so I can show you. I've got my little yeah! Because yes, and I should have put That's this in your intro. Awesome. You won the Christmas Bake Off special. I did. I did a Zoom earlier on with a, a group of uni students in Texas talking about limb difference awareness, and I oh wow, they're like, can we see your play? Amazing. <laughs> Obviously, we talked about limb difference awareness loads, um, <laughs> and they were like, can we see your play? I was like, yeah, sure, I'll get, get out. the play. Get, get the play. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give a shit about your hand. It's get really big in America too, isn't it? It's <laughs> It's huge. It always goes viral over there. But Brian, can you remember it has a it's called something slightly. Great British baking show. Great British baking show. Apparently it's because I was like, would Americans not understand what a bake-off is? Like, surely that's where the phrase came from. Apparently it's because of Pillsbury. Does that make sense to you, Taylor? Oh my god, it's an Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's like a, a patent issue. Yeah, then. it's not a trade. They've trademarked. trademarked. Oh, they've oh trademarked. my God. That's not a word. They've trademarked <laughs> Bake Off, so they can't call it the Great British Bake Off in America. Wow. I had I no idea was. that was why, and that pisses me off. I literally <laughs> found out today and blew my mind. I was like, well, that oh, makes much more sense. Have you ever thought... had Pillsbury stuff? It no, is. No, I don't even know what it is. Horrible. Is it? I mean, it's. Just, it all comes in a tin. It's so weird. It's scored on the side and you have to press a spoon into it and then it like explodes open. Yeah, I've seen this on programs. It's just full of artificial (laughs) ingredients. It's just the worst. So I always thought that it wasn't called... But it's really bad. I thought like a, maybe a bake-off was like another word for a fart in America or something. <laughs> like, oh, I'm about to bake it off. And that's why I thought that they, they changed it because like they were like, we can't cake. call it. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. I thought it was literally because it would be the great big farting show, but it's <laughs> an issue. Did, okay. yeah. I, I just honestly didn't, yeah, I never got why they didn't call it that because when we were recording the Christmas one, when they announced who the winner was, on the main series, they just do the... Um, voiceover but on this the Christmas one Sandy had to say and the winner of the great Christmas bake-off is and then she stopped and went and the winner of the great Christmas baking show is and it was like tell us who won (laughs) and you had to wait an extra 10 seconds yeah (laughs) a really long 10 seconds Wow! Um, but yeah, so it's it's mad. It's really funny. But um, do you know what? This is actually the perfect way to let's keep the focus on you because I'm loving. Oh no! Please hearing... don't. No, no, don't. Let's talk. More no, about no. Freeze, freeze. We're gonna parents. do it just we've, because we've I think solved we solved crime. this. It's yeah, it was like boy who was jealous. Who's yeah. the most jealous boy? <laughs> At least we didn't blame a mother. Like for the first time, we didn't blame a mother. Yeah, we really because there were no mothers. Morality stakes. <laughs> let's hear about Bryony. <laughs> Well, yeah, because Brian, we, we have just enough time to ask, what have you got coming up? What's going on? What's new? 
Well, I am currently presenting on Food Unwrapped on Channel mm. 4, which is really just so much fun. And it's such a brilliant program to be on. It's been on for yonks, but it's just still so fresh and fun. You basically, I have mm. to go around dispelling food myths and finding out where our food comes from and you know what, how what's do you a, what's a food myth that you've dispelled oh so one of the questions i've had to answer is how do you mush mushy peas ah oh. so how do you here we go turning the tables here how do you think one mushes mushy peas i think you boil them and then you get a potato masher and then you mash them i think I the skins must be sieved they must sieve it through so there's no fiber I think it's like little French children and they've got their feet. <laughs> yes, Hannah, well done. Good, you've got it. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> it's the cheapest way to do it. <laughs> it is. They're very cheap. No, it's, you, it's, um, you explode the shells of the peas with bicarbonate of soda. What? Shut up. Yeah. And that's how you make mushy peas. There's no actual mushing involved. <gasps> that's mad. So you foil them Same. with bicarbonate of soda, explodes it, and then at the end you get this mushy pea mixture oh my god i know right that i mean that's amazing. a real surprise it's cool like, isn't it because i was I like, I food and it was like just yeah. you know peas like you know Mush. garden peas but actually it's like marrow fat peas which are really different and i was so I, i'm like a really right. random fountain of knowledge of random food facts now. Cool. <laughs> so <That's laughs> um, i've done some really interesting stories like they they put me on a lot of the boozy stories i can't really <laughs> think why <laughs> So I've been to Ireland to look at whiskey. Um, I looked at different sort of shades of beers and it's just, it's really fun and it's very lighthearted, but you do find out like a lot of stuff. So that's yeah. really cool. And yeah, I've got my own podcast coming out. Am I allowed to, yeah, am I allowed to mention another yeah. podcast? Oh, on course, this podcast? Of course. Are course. you joking? Of course. So it's about how we raise our children as allies. So whether it's in terms of disability, LGBTQ+, anti-racism, gender, in the environment, you know, all those kind of 2021 topics um, that are so important. The really kind of a lot of awkward conversations maybe that people don't know how to have or don't know that they want to have. But for me, the last, you know, 12 months, I've had some conversations with Nora, who's five, that I would never have had before. Right. And I still feel quite clueless in terms of, you know, I want to raise her to be this awesome human being who's yeah. accepting and who stands up for people and who is respectful of everyone. But I don't always know how to do that. <laughs> so I want to educate myself in order to educate her. And I feel like I've done that a lot over the last 12 months, but I want to talk to some people and find out their views on it. Cool. So the first episode is going to be about disability and I'm talking to... Maysoon Zaid, who's this amazing comedian from New York, and Adam Pearson. And yeah, we're going to talk about, you know, how do you explain disability to a five-year-old? Yeah. How do able-bodied people, you know, how do they become allies? How do they teach their kids to be yeah. allies? What's the best way of, of going about that? So I'm really excited about Brilliant. it. Oh, um, awesome. Sounds amazing. It, it sounds quite serious, but it will be with a lot of sense of humour and probably silliness. I like the first <laughs> yeah. episode's going to be like, there's going to be a bit about batter as well. Isn't yeah, it? probably, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> also, even if it sounds serious, it sounds so needed. Like, yeah. I'm Brilliant. definitely going to listen to that. Oh, like, thank you. you well, it like, feels like something that I, I want and I need. Yes. So it's slightly selfish in that. 
I'm really feel very privileged that I can I can be in a position where I can maybe ask those questions and mm. and get some answers. And and I think because I am disabled, it puts me in a slightly marginalized position. Right. Mm. In that I can maybe ask some questions that other people don't necessarily feel that they could. Yeah. So sounds yeah. brilliant. Sounds that amazing. makes sense. And but, also yeah. kids would always ask questions that no adult would. Do you know when it's going to drop? It's going to be the summer, we think. Okay. okay. Summer. Oh my gosh, autumn. I genuinely cannot wait to listen. Thank that you is so much. such I'm a really necessary topic. It. Wow. I'm really excited. Awesome. That's fantastic. Oh my gosh, Bryony, this has been an absolute pleasure. All that's left to say is thank you so much. This has uh, been Bryony. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and on Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then please write it in that review and we'll solve it. Thank you so much to ACAST for hosting us and thank you for listening. 